We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If I ventured in the slipstream This episode of Inside Golf Podcast is brought to you by RickRunGood.com. All of the stats, tools, and info that I will be discussing on this podcast can be found over at RickRunGood.com. It has been an incredibly great start to the fall swing. I did warn everyone that this is, in my opinion, the most profitable time of the golf year for me by a pretty healthy margin. We have hit Sahith at the Fortinet, Max Homa 11 to 1 top American score, Rory 9 to 1 top overall score at the Ryder Cup, as well as a bunch of other Ryder Cup bets. That was an 11 unit week. Luke Lest as well, 55 to 1 at the Sanderson Farms. Cooled off a little bit last week at the Shriners. That, uh, that triple bogey from JT Poston sealed the deal for us, but we are still up over 25 units with a 251% ROI through four weeks of the 2023-2024 golf season. Um, just absolutely unheard of stuff through these, uh, these first couple of events. So to get my entire model, that is the number one reason why I've had so much success this year, not to mention access to me for any golf betting and DraftKings questions in the premium Slack channel. The place to go is rickrungood.com. That is where my course breakdown is. That is where I share my DraftKings core and ownership and the weather. Uh, all you have to do is you go to the sign up page, you type in code Andy. When you sign up, that is the important part, and you will have access to all of my golf information. Um, it is an incredible deal for all of the info that you are getting on there. I do every week an over 3,000-word in-depth course breakdown. gives you everything you need to know about the golf course, the players that are going to have success there, my full model, if you want to copy that model, if you want to tweak that model, maybe there's something in there that gets your mind spinning on something else, just use it as a resource, not to mention all of the data and info that the website simply just has on its own. It's the largest golf betting and DFS statistically focused database 
golf database on the entire internet. And for questions for me as well, I mentioned that Slack channel is the place to go, not on Twitter. My Wednesday final DraftKings thoughts, the best ownership projections, model builder, as I mentioned, all the data that Rick already has on the site to do your own research. There's a massive opportunity right now with this fall swing if you're willing to do the legwork. I cannot emphasize that enough. So head on over to rickrungood.com, promo code Andy, and we would love to have you as part of that growing community. If you are an NFL guy, Ship It Nation is your place for all that. We are off to an incredibly hot start again in the NFL. I'm posting all of my NFL picks in that Discord exclusively. That is the only place to get all of my NFL stuff, and you can use promo code Andy to take an extra 10% off. I love the board this week in the NFL, week seven. Week six killed us. I'm not one. I mean, we still went one and two. It wasn't a death sentence and hit our lock of the week, which was Rams minus six. Uh, One and two is never a death sentence, and I'm not one to complain about bad beats. But Patriots plus three. What are you doing, Mac Jones? What are you doing? That was one of the most inexplicable non-covers I can remember in quite some time. I can't complain about it. Uh, We've had a lot of breaks go in our direction in the NFL for the past three years. That's bound to happen sometimes. But I'm revving to go uh, for this week in the NFL. I have bet... Four games already. I do the vast majority of my betting on Sunday night because the biggest skill that I have in NFL is basically understanding the market and knowing where the lines are going to move. And that is why it is so important to get into that Discord because I post my bets on Sunday night, which is the vast majority of when I do my betting, exactly when I bet them. So all of those bets that I've made on Sunday night, those lines have already moved on a on a number of them. Some of them are still available, so I would still sign up now. Uh, that is how you beat the NFL, right? Is you get closing line value over a long period of time, right? It's it's all about understanding the market. It's all about understanding the schedule. Um, I've preached this many times in this podcast, but that is the reason for success in NFL, or the reason where I have had success in NFL. I know there are many ways to many ways to uh, get to the same conclusion. But for me, when you bet is most important. And that's why I cannot emphasize enough hopping in that NFL discord. I would sign up now. Still a ton of the NFL season to go. We're only in week seven, not to mention you're getting all the DFS content as well from Tambo and hoop who just had a couple more big DraftKings wins this week. It is a, Amazing community to be a part of, not just for the NFL betting insights that I provide. Ton of really smart DraftKings players in there as well. I talk golf in there in the, in the PGA DraftKings Discord as well. There's a ton of different channels. You can kind of choose and curate what you're most interested in. Uh, if you're an NBA guy, NFL guy, NFL betting guy, NFL DraftKings guy, PGA DraftKings guy, Chip it has everything. So I kind of like to hop in there and just sometimes see what's going on in other sports. I've kind of started my NBA research already. I'm going to have a bunch of NBA over-unders 
another market I've had a ton of success on in the last couple of years. I will post that in the Ship It Nation Discord exclusively. So strike while the iron is hot, shipitnation.com code Andy to get you that 10% off. And we would love to have you as part of that community. All right, coming up on this podcast, my good friend Ryan Baroff is coming on to talk all things Shriners, Tom Kim, Ludwig, Zizzo Championship, uh, and what's going on in the world of golf right now. So without further ado, let's bring on Ryan. All right, Ryan Baroff is here joining me for the Zozo Championship. We were just talking off air. It's not a tournament we have stats for. It is a tournament in Japan. The viewing times, I believe, for me in the West Coast, it's going to be on at like kind of prime time, which is interesting. I know you're still in Florida, right? Yep. So you're kind of getting into the beef of prime golf weather, huh? So actually, yesterday and today were our first two cool days. It's uh, about 68 degrees right now. It's going to drop into the 50s overnight this week. It is absolutely glorious. So how often are, I know you've got young kiddos, but yeah. how often are you able to get out there? Not often. I would say, I mean, yeah, if I play 10 times a year, that's that's a good number for me right now. Seriously? It's tough, man. Well, and it's it's not just having kids, right? It's it's sports, right? Their sports are every Saturday morning, every Sunday I'm so, morning. I'm like so excited <clears throat> for that. Like, I feel like youth sports is going to be it's, such a fun so it's fun right it's it's super fun for them especially at like the really young age like my daughter's five like you know she plays flag football she plays soccer it's great but like even when they get to like seven and eight like they're now being mixed in with like the travel team kids yeah uh and the travel parents it is nuts man it's like barely enjoyable for my eight-year-old right now so you have a five-year-old and eight and an eight-year-old Yep. And we're pretty much keeping them like in the same sport. So they're both doing flag football now. Uh, we got uh, soccer coming next. We got basketball coming next. So uh, yeah, busy time of year for us. Why not golf? I feel like I was having this yeah. conversation with one of my friends. I feel like if you start your kid, this is speaking from somebody that started playing golf really young. Yeah. But I feel like if you start your kid playing golf at a young age, it opens up so many doors for them just mm-hmm. from a business and life standpoint, because totally. that's, the, that's the sport that's actually going to stick, not to mention how easy it is, like the scholarship opportunities for, you know, especially in women's yeah. golf versus getting a scholarship for something like football or basketball or soccer. I feel like, cause I have all my friends that work in finance now from New mm-hmm. York city that I went to high school with that never played golf at all in high school and are like, why are you playing golf? Like I'm on the lacrosse team and the soccer team. And now they're like, I should have played golf. Dude. Like I, I really went, like I really, my met, my boss is a member at this club and like we have yep. this golf outing. And it's like, I really wish that I started this earlier in life. Yeah, no, we definitely will. He, uh, my eight year old started lessons last year. It, it, it's tough here, you know, because number one, I, I want to get him playing team sports. Obviously yeah. it's, it's super important. And, you know, like people talk about those who live up North lose half the year to winter. Well, we lose half the year to summer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be outside. You can't be outside in the summer. It's hot, it's raining, but no, we'll definitely get out to the range a bunch of times this uh, fall and winter. 
Last question before we do Zozo. Have you played, because you're in Palm Beach area, right? Have mm-hmm. you played the new Hans, the park? No, I was supposed to play with Joe Idoni uh, about a month and a half ago, but uh, I don't know if we got rained out or uh, we just had to reschedule, but I have not got up there yet, but I heard great things. I've heard it's phenomenal. I don't know the yeah. next time I'm going to be in Florida, but I'll let you know because I'm I'm absolutely, that's on my list. I've heard wonderful things from from multiple people. Yeah, I'm not a Gilhan snob uh, like you and a bunch of other folks, but uh, yes, I've heard really good things. <laughs> More of a uh, Justin Thomas, Jack Nicholas collab, Panther National guy, equally awaiting. <laughs> Greg Norman down here, those garbage ass golf courses that he builds. Yeah, because you're Palm Beach, so mm-hmm. right or like Greater Palm Beach area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's good golf down there. We get. I mean, honestly, if I want to play good golf. I'll just go to the uh, Naples, Fort Myers, West Coast area. I, you know, I can get there in an hour and a half. There's a ton of good golf courses over there. Uh, speaking of good golf courses, uh, any Narashino takes before we get into the odds board? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they 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 pride themselves on yeah. like their architecture and conditioning. I, I actually think yeah. this is years down the road for me, but I think in Japan. I'm very intrigued to check out golf in Japan at some mm-hmm. point in my life. Yeah, like it's a whole, you know, it's it's almost like a sterile environment, right? Uh, even though there are plenty of fans out there, you know, even like watching the Olympics, it was so quiet and calm and yeah. uh, almost like they're playing in a COVID bubble where nobody's out there. But yeah, it's, it's you know, it's a completely different style of golf. You know, we'll talk about it, but it's it's definitely, you know, more... It's more accuracy driven. You got to keep the ball in play, small greens. You got to make putts. But uh, yeah, again, no stats. So it's kind of like shooting fish in a barrel here. We can talk about some of these guys. I'll ask you some draft. Mm-hmm. Actually, before we dive right into the odds board, I just have, let's just put a bow on the Shriners really quickly. Yeah. I just have one question for you as kind of a wrap up for the Shriners that I was thinking mm-hmm. about and talking about in one of my group chats this morning. And then we'll, then we'll, We'll give the Zozo its proper due, but this is this is kind of the lingering thought I had walking away from the Shriners. I told you off air, I didn't watch a ton of this golf tournament. I kind of caught mm-hmm. it was finishing up semi conveniently, kind of in between the one p.m. games and Sunday night football. So I caught a little bit of the back nine, almost kind of by the time that Tom Kim had it wrapped up. Yeah, but the one thing I was thinking about coming out of that tournament was who do you think finishes? their career with a better career ludwig or tom kim ludwig okay me too Uh, but i was hearing it one of my friends who's a smart golf mind who i very much respect was closer to the tom kim side of that one and i think Mm -hmm. the tom kim argument is this is a guy that is three years younger than ludwig somehow somehow has a three win PGA Tour head start. Now you can discredit those three wins yeah. all you want. I, I certainly will. And while Ludwig is certainly built for modern PGA Tour golf and probably more built for modern like major championship golf, mm-hmm. like are we surprised if at the end of his career, Tom Kim has won like the Heritage and the Wyndham seven times each? You know what I mean? Like he is, as long as there's a wedge in his hands. And mm-hmm. that is what a lot of PGA Tour golf courses have been diminished to. Kind of the reason why many people thought, I'm not going to do the 
is Tom Kim what we wanted Colin Morikawa to be? We're not even close <laughs> to that. The guy, yeah, guy who won two I'm, majors and like right. five I'm gonna, stars. I'm gonna keep that one in the oven for yeah. for a couple more years. But like the point being is when Colin started off that crazy hot start to his career, mm -hmm. the reason why people were so bullish on Colin's long term prospects is because there are so many PGA Tour golf courses, be it Colonial. Shriners, mm -hmm. Summerlin, Sedgefield, Heritage, DBZ River Highlands, like all those spots, like when it's all about putting from five to 15 feet and wedge play from yeah. inside 150 yards, like that is what Tom Kim is, is pretty damn elite at already at 21 years old. Yeah. So I tend to agree. I definitely don't want to put Tom Kim in a bucket, but we kind of know what he is already. Right. right. Um, and I think if, if you want to look at, some career arcs and, you know, potential comps for him. I think there's one extremely obvious one and that's Webb Simpson. He's already winning at the same golf courses. So if Tom Kim finished his career with eight wins, one major, one players, like that's Webb Simpson. And I think, right. but Webb was, Webb was more of a late bloomer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you may see 12 wins and one or two majors and one or two players. Like, yeah, I think the thing about Ludwig is he has a skill set that is going to open up so many more opportunities and so many more golf courses. I agree. Now, I will say Tom played really well at the majors, better than I expected him to play this year. But yeah, I'm taking Ludwig. Not even close for me. I agree. I actually think that what Ludwig did at the Shriners was almost as impressive as what Tom Kim did when you consider the spot. Mm. Like this was the all-time bad spot for Ludwig. And I yeah. was pretty outspoken about fading him in the pre-tournament content that I did because my logic was, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're 24 years old and I don't care if you're flying privately. You're hopping three time zones in 11 days. Like the guy went straight from Rome to yeah. Jackson, Mississippi to Vegas. This just felt like the ultimate easy you know, a team coming back from their London game, playing another team off a of bye. Like this just felt like the ultimate fade Ludwig spot based on scheduling. And the dude was like kind of almost, I mean, he didn't, he finished way too early, but he shot nine under yeah. on Sunday, finished top seven, which is just pure on a golf course that I actually thought devalued what he's best at. Like that is a golf course, in my opinion, that devalues elite long driving. Because even yeah. the shorter players are going to have a wedge in their hands on 13 out of 18 holes. I agree. I think the only thing that I'll say is I don't think we were necessarily wrong because it was kind of it was kind of smoke and mirrors for him over the weekend. Yeah. He gained he gained three strokes around the green on on Saturday, and he gained more than that putting on Sunday when he shot 62. So like you turn that 62 into a 65, and he's like t 25 or something. But yeah, he's he's incredible, man. He he just he can make 10 birdies any day on any golf course. Maybe the better question is, because now my mind's spinning with this, are you taking Ludwig over Colin Morkala, who finishes with a better career? Two major head yeah. start for Morkala. Hard hard to give a two major head start. Um right. I will take Ludwig in in total career wins over Colin. Um okay. but I think that two major you know, I think any new guy coming up, the major over under is probably one and a half. Like, I don't think you can go above that 
I mean, even for a guy like Victor Hovland, like he could win one major and he's the best player in the world right now. So they're so hard to get. They're so, there's not, so not many of them. And there's so many. so many good golfers. Right. Um, okay. I'm glad we, I'm glad we had that debate that, uh, yeah. that was something that I was kind of stewing on coming out of the Shriners. Let's talk about the Zozo. Let's go through the odds board. We can talk about some of these guys in a DraftKings <clears throat> context too. Although I don't, remotely have much of an ownership sense on monday especially in these fall swings events like yeah it's pretty impossible to get any sense on ownership until at least tuesday in my opinion because not only are less people playing these events but i mean there's just not as much content either so you're not even getting the guys that are logging on the sites and building lineups on monday night like if they're playing they're waiting a little bit later in the week right so Yep. Looking at the odds board, Xander, eight to one, Colin Morikawa, eleven to one, uh, Sung J fourteen, Hideki sixteen, Fowler sixteen, Min Woo eighteen, Sahith eighteen, Cameron Davis twenty. Those are the guys I have below twenty to one. Mm-hmm. Have you made any moves? I did make one. We talked about this earlier, and I I don't think the number was necessarily value i would say but it did drop pretty quickly and it did open at some shorter numbers elsewhere but i i did take min Wu Lee at 20 to 1 i what think was it's that very tournament he won it was uh was that dp world or no it was very it was it was an asian tour uh nothing but he's yeah he's doing some stuff over there he's staying because he's playing like in hong kong i think next week or the week after so he's yeah he's going on his uh a world tour because he plays all year round, right? He goes back to Australia over the winter and plays probably three events down there, but um, he doesn't win enough. And I think he knows that. And I think he's going to go pick off a couple of these things. Um, he is like my one to watch next year. He, he, he kind of started it this year where popped up the players popped up at some majors was in contention multiple times, but he is, he is so good and he can beat you a number of ways. He hits it three fifty off the tee he can putt really well. He's got a great short game and he can get hot with the irons. Like that was always his weakness. But um, I obviously like that he's been over here and I like that he's been playing good golf. One of the reasons why I was super high on, on Tom Kim last week was the same thing. Like he's been playing golf. He came over to Europe, played a couple events and carried that momentum right into the Shriner. So uh, yeah, Minwoo was my only lean up here at the top. I don't have stats from the SJM Macau Open, but it looks like he gained twenty four strokes to the field. Yeah, he did he, he did he, he win by it. like ten. <laughs> he was like ten ahead of third place. There was one guy within four or five of him, but yeah, he was like ten ahead of third place. Yeah, the other thing I'd add on Minwoo, I I didn't go in that direction. You'll understand why in a second when I reveal who I bet. But the guys like finishing top 10 at sawgrass right into lacc right into tpc river highlands yep right into the k club right into wentworth that speaks to a guy that is kind of course proof in my opinion right like he has the skill set to succeed at many different types and styles of golf courses because of the distance, this is probably going to be a player that's going to be a threat. Does he have a full 
PGA tour card. Like, are we going to see him at places like Torrey and Bay Hill and places yeah. like that next year? So yes, but he needs to get some invites because obviously he's not in the top 50 on the PGA tour points list, but yeah, he's going to get one of the 10 cards from the DP world tour, but I do expect him to get a ton of sponsors invites, obviously. Okay. So I did something I rarely do, but it's something I have somehow find myself in the habit of doing every single year at this tournament. I bet Xander single bullet eight to one. Now here's the case. You mentioned this in part of your reasoning for Min Wu. I think there's something to be said. I think this is a relatively straightforward golf course. Like I, I think mm-hmm. once you get here, there's not a lot of tricks to it. It's tree lined. It's narrowed. It kind of reminds me a lot of Colonial. There's a little Harding Park in there. Some of the places that I've looked at, but. Xander has played this tournament three times. He has two top 10 finishes and three starts, a ninth and a 10th. Uh, He has strong family ties to Japan on his mother's side. And I like guys that have done the deal in Asia, right? Like Xander knows where he's staying. He knows who's coming with him. It's a big thing for his family. He plays here every year. He won the gold medal on a very similar Japanese golf course. He's probably saying in the exact same spot where he won the gold medal, eating at the same restaurant. So those <laughs> golf courses are not incredibly far away from him. And then if we get into the nuts and bolts of the actual golf course, like bent grass is his preferred surface. He is this yeah. incredibly strong track record of success at these mid-scoring, bent grass, semi-narrow, smaller green, smaller greens, golf courses. I don't really subscribe to the no-cut thing as much as some others do, but he's back <laughs> playing again for an $8.5 million purse. I don't think we're going to mm. have to worry about uh, the garrulous distractions of his father at the Ryder Cup. I think his Ryder Cup performance was bad. I also think it's worth noting that he was one of the only guys that didn't go to practice rounds. And a lot of that Ryder cup was putting like he could not buy a thing all week at Marco Simone. And you go back and look at the guy's last stroke play start and he's shooting all the way up the leaderboard at at East Lake gaining over seven strokes on approach, which I think is a better metric to look at than what we saw at Marco Simone your thoughts yeah I yeah I was close on him uh if I play any any DFS this week I I can't imagine building a team without Xander yeah um I don't prescribe to the no cut thing either although I will say obviously not having a cut will lessen the variance of this event Right, the you best give him players, four rounds. the cream rises yeah. to the top in no-cut events. That's why so that's, like best players yeah. play good in no-cut events. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I, I've, I've got nothing bad to say about him. I know you probably have the information handy, but has he been over in Europe and Asia the last three weeks just hanging out? I don't know that. That's a good question. I can ask Austin. I, but I, I doubt he like flew back to California. Well, I, I guess he could have flown back to California. It's not a, you know, it's not a huge well, trip back over there. Well, you know he stayed in Rome for a while. Well, that's right. They were at the wedding, right? So yeah, he was at he's, the wedding. He, he's probably been hanging out. Yeah. And he he weirdly cares about this event because you know his whole mom's side of the family is from Japan. 
Yeah, and I mean, he's and after winning the gold medal, he's you know he's an adopted son there now. Anyhow, right. Speaking of adopted sons, I will say this: I actually think the Hideki number is. If I wasn't going in the direction of Xander, I would mm-hmm. go in the direction of Hideki. I don't understand why Sungjae is lower than Hideki on the odds board. I also at this golf course and. Colin may actually be the low-owned answer in DraftKings, mm-hmm. but I really don't understand why Hideki isn't like a co-favorite at this tournament. I think I think there's still some injury concerns. We haven't obviously seen a lot of him. Yeah, with Sunjay, he again, he's coming off a trip to Korea where he finished second. Last time he went to Korea, he won an event. So I just think, I think again, and the Asian games as well, where they won the team gold medal. I just think he's been playing golf. He's been playing good golf and and the books certainly value that. You know who actually might be the low-owned play in DraftKings because I think his stock is so low is Ricky, who did finish runner-up here last year. Now, we have no yeah. sense of ownership, but I would be just perusing Twitter this morning. I would be shocked if Ricky nears. Like I've even seen some Sungjae love. I would mm-hmm. be shocked if Ricky near and not to mention the fact that like Sahith just won and Cam Davis is playing unbelievable. Yeah. Ricky feels like the forgotten man here. I I would agree with that. Yes. And I think, you know, I think Hideki's still gonna get ownership. Um oh, because he's sure. priced he's priced down. He's priced at ninety eight hundred. Uh when, you know, any normal week here, he's he's the eleven K guy, right? With Xander. So yeah, Ricky, yes, Ricky will be low owned this week. I don't know how, how I feel about it. I assume he's he's fine. But I think if I did pivot off Xander, I would just go to Morikawa, who, again, the stock feels super low. He had a really good year. He didn't yeah, win. He did. But uh, he had a really good year. Sucked ass at the Ryder Cup. There's no denying that. I I can't get out of my head how many fairways and greens he missed. That was, that was the most infuriating thing, watching him around that golf course. Because he should have been perfect. He. he he should have been like the anchor for that U.S. team, but he got benched terrible. for Hartman. From what I've heard, like coming in, that him and yeah. Hoda, the Cal pairing was what they were going to go to. And based on the practice rounds, I was told this by somebody that has a little more insight into the matter that I do. They yeah. played the practice rounds, and Harmon was just like outplaying him. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I mean, it was weird. And like, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to talk Ryder Cup because EJ obviously didn't have much of a plan. I mean, he fucking benched Scotty Scheffler when they're down five. Like, come on. Just- I've I've done hours on this. I, I know you're preaching in the choir. Yeah, that was bad. Um, but yeah, I think Colin is, is obviously going to be low on relative to Xander. And again, he makes perfect sense at this golf course. Okay, so you have I gave my cards away. I'm it's yep. single Xander, players. Xander, and Xander, right? But I think this 20 to 50 range is interesting. And there's mm-hmm. still a lot of guys I like in here. Yeah. For DraftKings purposes. But like Keegan, Adam Scott, Eric Cole's playing phenomenal golf. Then you get yeah. to the 40s with Shank and Svensson and Hostler and Hoshgarden. Mm-hmm. Oren's playing really good golf, as you've mentioned to me. So, like, who in this range are you targeting? Yeah. So, I mean, I, it's hard not to play Eric Cole, but like the narrative has shifted so far on Eric Cole. I mean, we were playing him back in the spring when he was 6,700. No one had heard of him. Right. And now he's, he's 9K in these fields and taking over. But yeah, I mean, he makes a lot of sense. Keegan, I think Keegan has to get ownership here. Uh, You obviously look at the course history, three really good uh, tournaments for him, including the win last year. People are going to make up whatever Ryder Cup snub narrative they right. want to make up about him. But it's just, it's a good fit for him. And obviously, he likes coming here and playing this event. I pretty much skipped this range, although I will say my next bet, uh, which I bet at 66, was down to about 40 now, and that's Alex Norton. I could talk about Alex Norton forever. I'm, I mean, one of the biggest Alex Norton truthers. Um, still think he's a top 50 player in the world. Like the signs are there. Um, Alex Warren was always a really, really good iron player and a really good putter. All of last year, the short game was there. He putted well. He chipped well. His irons were spotty, but overall they were fine. He just he couldn't drive the golf ball. It's not long anymore. He wasn't accurate. But the signs are there. He played really, really well at Shriners last week. Um, he, he was great off the tee, one of the top strokes gained approach. And again, a proven winner around the world. This guy won nine times in Europe in a very, very short period of time. I'm still bullish on him. And uh, at 66 to one, love Alex Noren this week. Have you heard, because he's in your neck of the woods, have you heard the mm-hmm. Alex Noren practice stories? Because I have one friend at the Bears Club, <clears throat> which is where Noren practices. And you basically have to pull him off the range. <laughs> Like he, yeah, he, he will hit golf balls until he cannot grip a club anymore is, is the book on Alex Norn at the bears club. He's always been that way. I, I, I mean, even when he was a top 10 player in the world, he had all the same drills. He was beating balls. He was just beating himself up and probably contributed to him sucking for the last three years. But I feel like he's back. Like he's had. Like the stats are still up and down, but like he had, I think three, uh, three top five finishes in a row to start the season last fall. He had a couple of top tens in Europe, ninth at the Rocket Mortgage, thirteenth at the 3M, third last week at the Shriners. Like those are the sort of events that are showing me that the signs are still there. 
if I was playing any, if I was betting anyone in this range, and this is going to be a key piece for me in DraftKings, I really like what JJ Spawn is doing right now. JJ Spawn's quietly playing some yeah. really good golf. And I do think this is the type of golf course. He had another, like it was a middling finish at the Shriners, but he still <laughs> hit the ball really well. And I think this is the type of golf course he's played over here before. I believe he kind of had a, so at least he's done it. I like guys who have done it. And then I do, the only other guy I'll mention before we talk about some longer guys, I think you want to buy the dip on Grio right now is what I will say, at least from a DraftKings side of it. He's actually like not as cheap as I was hoping for. Yeah. Um, but I think that because he's been terrible this fall swing. I think it's a yeah. semi good by low spot on Grio on a golf course. I mentioned Colonial. He had a, a fourth here last year. Like I think it's a good spot for Grio. Yeah. I mean, you never have to sell me on on him. And yeah, the price is right to where he's certainly going to be probably six to seven percent owned maximum. I'm just not a spawn guy. I don't know what it is. I feel like, and again, maybe it's the small sample size of the one event that he won, but I feel like spawn's not going to go out there and make 25 birdies. Do you maybe I have that this, wrong? Do you need to on this course though? Like we it's 15 under pretty much every year. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I feel like there's some bogeys out there, probably not too many big numbers, but yeah, I, I guess I just don't have any read on Spawn. Like when I think he's a good play, he's super popular and like 35 to one. Yeah. And then he and then he won at what 150, 201, something like that. It I was, think you remember was, that one. It was 210 <laughs> to one. I, I remember yeah. that one. I remember that one very well. Okay, let me ask you this. Yep. I'll ask you an either <laughs> or Hoshgard or Norman. Who do you prefer? I would say Hojgaard just because I think he's on the the upward trend of playing his best golf. And I think, I mean, Norman obviously has a full career ahead of him, but he's coming off the heater where he won Barbasol, won the Irish Open. And, you know, hard to, I think the sophomore slump is going to be real for him, even though I'm super bullish on Norman long term. Yeah, but, me too. Uh, uh, I definitely like, uh, yeah, I definitely like Nikolai here quite a bit. Shanker Svensson. Svensson, again, I'll I'll take, yeah, me I mean, Shank, Shank went on a heater at the end of last year. Obviously, I think he's a very solid player, but I like the upside and the consistency of Svensson a little bit. Um, I think Svensson's a great DK player. I didn't bet him this week. Again, it's too short, but like, the, yeah, I think he's very underpriced for, for who he is in this field. Um, as we move down a little bit more, mm -hmm. who's your next bet after Norin? Yeah, so so the numbers have have kind of shifted around a little bit, but um, I took four guys in that eighty to one hundred range. I'll, I'll first start with my last cut, which was Cameron Champ. He's just playing really well. I I like am so outspoken on my disdain for Cameron Champ. I just think uh, that he, yeah, I think that there is not a golfer that gets less out of his talent than Cameron Champ. Oh, oh totally, he, yeah. He swings so effort. His ability <clears throat> to hit the ball 350 yards effortlessly, yeah. he should sleepwalk into. And I guess you can kind of make the argument he already has, but he should sleepwalk totally. into a couple of times contending every year. Yeah. Well, so just like you have your sweet spot for JJ Spawn, Cameron Champ won me GPP yeah. at the Masters two years ago. So with his his uh, Eagles and Birdies. He made a, I'll never forget that, that Sunday, 
think he had like eight birdies or something, eight or nine birdies, but he made a quad and a triple on the two par threes and still, still won the GPP. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's been, he's been playing really well. I don't think this course fits him, but he did finish eighth here last year. Obviously don't know how he did it, but he did it. So my next bet in terms of odds was 80 to one on KH Lee. I think again, I like that he, he's down to like 40 now and he of crashed. Yeah. He was 80 to one this morning. Sneakily coming out of this slump, he was miserable this summer. I think he missed like eight out of nine cuts or something. But uh yeah, 14th at the Fortinet and then seventh last week where he gained in all four strokes game categories. He has played here twice, best finishes 18th, so don't love that. But he is I mean, he's obviously from Korea, but he played on the Korean tour and the Japanese tour for a handful of years. Probably knows this golf course and knows the types of golf courses really well. And I think he's just exactly what you're looking for. He's a great iron player, not going to make big numbers. And he's definitely a guy who I want to play when he is in form. I like Kate Lee a lot too. I think again, more so for most so for DraftKings for mm-hmm. me, but 80 to one, I can't argue with that number whatsoever. He's way too cheap for DraftKings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that could, I mean, I think the guys. If we're looking at, because this has all of the makings of like a group think extravaganza, and it seems like we may already be getting there with like Joel Damon could be like in the higher stakes because I was kind of attempting to make a pool and I I just don't have that many guys that I like under 7.5K. And I, I would imagine that some of the people that are, entering a lot of lineups or even playing a few number of lineups in high stakes contests, like the group of players that you have to pick from to fill out your lineups. I, I think a lot of people are going to kind of conglomerate yeah. around the same choices. So I, I, I cringed because uh, the first thing that happened when I bet Joel Damon today and, t- and tweeted Joel Damon Kirshner. today is that I get a message from Kirshner, yeah. which is, which tells me where the masses are, right? right? And look, he's, I mean, it's 100 to 1, like whatever. He's hes uh, playing great. I think he makes a lot of sense. He finished 64, 65, 66 last weekend. Like that's all I have to see. Uh, I will say though, for for DraftKings purposes, I, I agree he's going to be super high owned. I do think there are some good pivots there, uh, not just with the Japanese guys that uh, we'll talk about, but we mentioned no cuts the no cut events lowering the variance. I think there are two long term form guys there in uh, Nick Taylor and Taylor Moore. Yeah, that are probably going to be pretty low owned relative to where I mean Taylor Moore just made the Tour Championship. Nick Taylor won this year, uh, uh, and as did Taylor Moore. I I'm going to hammer those two in that range, which will help me get off Joel Damon. You know who I also really like, and this is another guy that played pretty well at the Shriners. Twitter sensation, Michael Kemp. He's telling us his tendonitis is done. He's irons. I mean, he's actually really like starting to come around as an iron player. We started to see signs of it towards the end of last year. I think he had, as I'm sure many people remember, like lost it completely, um, but does have the type of upside to, you know, gain 15. He is like, I still think behind Cantlay. I think yeah. his John Deere week is like the second greatest putting performance of the strokes gain era. But anyway, I, I'm not doing it because of his putter. Like he's actually starting to hit the ball really well right now. Yeah. So I think Michael Kim 
is somebody I would go to in that 7,500 range. And then think some decent 7,600 flop lag on Hubbard too. Totally. It's perfect. It's perfect. I mean, uh, did he miss the cup by one last week? Yeah. Is that, and with a yeah. shot six under on Friday. And he, and, and he should have won the Sanderson. God bless Luke list, yeah. but he, he should have won the Sanderson. Um, yeah, I definitely like that. I think the other one there, Akshay is going to get the ownership, obviously. Lee Hodges is 7,300. That dude just won an event by like 10. And he played fine at the Sanderson. Uh, like That's a guy who I think, again, you look at long-term form and players here that I'm very bullish on, he is probably atop the list in that range. Talk about some of the – so have you made any plays on some of the Asian tour players, the Kita Nakajimas, yeah. Takumi Kanaya, Ryu Hisatsune? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, I didn't bet Nakajima, but I, I still do like him a lot as yeah. a DraftKings play. So basically him and Takumi Kanaya have just run the tour this year. They are pretty much one and two in like every event. I think Nakajima's won twice and has – seven other top five finishes. Uh, Kanaya's won three times this year and has a handful of other top five finishes. So in terms of form from that tour, it's definitely those two guys. Kanaya, he finished seventh here a couple of years ago. And I believe it was last year he made a run at the match play. I think he lost in the round of 16, something like yeah. that, but he got out of his pod. I like them quite a bit. I did bet Kanaya at, at 90 to one. Um, I had no intention of betting him, but I fell into the trap of, I saw him open at 40, 45 in some places, and then Rivers dropped to 90. And I'm just like, well, someone's wrong. <laughs> yeah. One yeah. of these books is wrong. So I'll, I'll just take it. And then I did bet Rio Hisatsune. I don't know if he has the upside to win. Obviously, just won the Open de France, finished 12th here. I love how you year. just drop, obviously, just won the Open de France. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. Um, I would imagine was... anyone listening to the Zozo pod that's just deep in the probably knows podcast in fall probably probably that was one of the most painful so i had bet him probably three times this summer and he got close but never got there and that was the week uh bk and i had uh, jordan smith who led by six with 15 holes to go couldn't even get in the playoff that was fun but yeah he's been playing great and he's done it so 12th here and then finished 10th at the barracuda so he's done it you know in similar slash stronger fields I don't know if he can win, but I mean, a top 10 bet or you get some places on him. He is extremely young as well for a guy who's been out there forever. And he doesn't look young. He's 21 years old. So he's just kind of been out there, started earlier than a lot of these guys. So he's got, you know, very, very bright future ahead of him. He seems to be an insane putter. He Not is. that he's a bad ball striker because he just, in the winning the kazoo open, he gained yeah. 10.6 ball striking, but 5.7 putting. He hits every fairway too, which is yeah, what point, you need to do here. 9.1 putting at the Checkmaster, 6.3 putting yeah. at the Barracuda, 3.8, 3 3.7, 7.3, 4.3, 4.5, 7.2, 6.5. A lot of those I would think are on bent grass too. So that's yeah, no, he's he just he hits every fairway and and he can putt. So I think at a course like this, it's it's going to keep him competitive for sure. Any long shots before we get out of here? I don't have many. I like Justin Lauer a little bit. I like yeah. Austin Eckrode a little bit, but like I said, I I think it gets pretty bleak. Yeah, so I mean, I'll just go through really quickly and just name a couple who I think are going to be overowned. So uh -huh. you know. 
guys who I would probably stay away from. So obviously Ryder at flat 7K is going to continue to be popular. Yeah. I think I think Matt Neesmith at 6,800 is also going to be popular. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So you mentioned Lauer. I think at that same price range, Zach Blair, you know, He's kind of cooled off a little bit, but he's played really well. He's for the opening last couple a golf. He's opening a golf club, though. I know, but the guy just finished second at the Travelers, and he's like making every cut. He makes plenty of birdies. Yeah. He he hits every fairway and and can putt. So like, I think that makes a lot of sense here. I think Kevin, you will get a little bit of ownership, but I'm not there. In terms of just course fit, like, I mean, Mac Hughes. That's a guy that I would play here at like two percent owned at sixty six hundred. You know. Mm-hmm. He could finish third here and like Easily. no one would bat an eye. Yeah. 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 Easily. So I would go. Yeah. So I think my theme again for, you know, trying to build low on DraftKings teams is take the long-term form. Mac Hughes, Nick Taylor, Lee Hodges. Uh, I would take those guys um, over, you know, a very, very chalky Joel Damon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I think it's a pretty adequate Zozo breakdown. Yeah. Wait. So uh, before we get out, can you give me as, as an NFL better your your unbiased opinion of the Cleveland Browns. You guys have an unbelievable defense. Like I was all over that. I'm kicking myself for not hitting the money line, but I, I that was a relatively easy. I think PJ Walker couldn't move the ball. I, I didn't like the what was it DTJ guy that you had before, but yeah, um, DTR, yeah, he's he's a kid, you know. Right. Well, I'm I'm not like super high on your guys's playoff prospects but i think you have all the makings of a really good regular season team like if you look at your guys' schedule there are a couple swing games where it's going to be i was actually just going through this so i have this up in front of me Mm -hmm. but like there's going to be a lot of games coming up in the next four or five weeks where you guys are going to be in between like three point favorites and three point underdogs like at the Colts at the Seahawks at the Ravens home against the Steelers on the road against the Broncos on the road against the charge or the Rams home against the Jaguars. But then you also have a couple bunnies in there home against home against the Cardinals home against the Browns home against the Jets. And then that week 18 game against the Bengals, I think is probably going to be for one of the final wildcard spots if I had to make a guess, but I do like your schedule a lot. Yeah, I do too. And I think, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, like defense is obviously built for the playoffs and built for a championship when the weather gets bad, but um, I want to win the division. I mean, they've won the division one time in my life and I was two years old. I don't, I don't remember it. So are you from Cleveland? Yeah. Born and raised. Did not mm-hmm. know that. Did not so, know that. yeah, they won uh, last division title was 1989. So if I could get that baby steps, I would take it. I think there are, I think the roadmap is there. I like the Ravens. Um, and I do think that the Bengals are going to not go quietly into the night. Like, I don't think that this is going to end up being some season yeah. from hell from the Bengals where they're uncompetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I like their schedule less than the Browns, but yeah, yeah, I think that, I think the roadmap is there. The Ravens have a lot of those swing games too. Like the Ravens that 
week 10 at Baltimore that so that two that two game stretch week 10 at Baltimore yep week 11 home against the Steelers that's that's yeah Baltimore I mean Baltimore pisses me off because they don't like beyond Lamar they don't have a very good running game don't have very good offensive line don't don't have have good receivers weapons outside of Andrews yeah yeah I mean I think Zay Flowers is going to be good not Mm -hmm. quite there yet but and the defense is banged up, but they find a way to win these games. Uh, it's it's infuriating. And like the Bengals got a fucking gift from Geno Smith yesterday. Like they had no business winning that game. So, uh, but the Browns got away with one too. So all the other, not that, not that I think Deshaun Watson is anything special at this stage mm-hmm. of his career, but every single quarterback in that division has injury concerns or is not Yeah, like Kenny Pickett. Yeah is been terrible this year outside of like one drive a game. Like, I don't understand how the Steelers are three and two Lamar's always a massive injury risk. Burrow totally is still putting like band-aids on a bolt wound. Like Burrow has not been mobile this year. Like I have him on every single fantasy team. Um, I underestimated that injury. Like that was one of the things that I got wrong in my season long fantasy. At least chase is starting to pay off for me, but like, I don't think that this Bengals offense is, they're not going to be bad. Like we saw in the first two or three weeks, but they're not going to be as explosive as, as they need to be to like, run up the score and create separation with their offense. Yeah, totally. No, the only thing that I'll say about Burrow is I I knew something was up when I remember back in preseason when Chase said he wanted him to sit out through the bye week. Yeah. That, that was, was weird. weird. Like why would you want him to wait until week six to play? So but yeah, I'm just glad the Browns had a game go their way. I'm glad that they're competitive. Usually by this time we are one in four or one in five and uh moving on. You like them against the Colts this week on the road? I was talking to Joe about this. It seems like there's absolutely no way they can lose that game to the Colts, but you don't say that with the Browns. Like Minshew looked horrible. Terrible. Um, it seems like they just ruled Richardson out for the year, which is not surprising, but also, you know, kind of sucks for him. But yeah, they have to win that game. Like they're so much better than the Colts. The Chubb thing was a really big bummer. That's the final thing I'll say, because this team turns into, I don't know about a Super Bowl contender, but they turn Mm -hmm. into, they turn into a force to be reckoned with, with an awesome running game. And I just don't know if Jerome Ford's that guy. And Chubb is like, in my opinion, Chubb is in my opinion, maybe like a top three talent at the running Mm -hmm. back position in the NFL. Yeah. And and like, I would say there's a significant chance that he doesn't play again for the Browns. He, yeah, I guess. So he was already going to be out probably half, like kind of through the start of next year. But in a month or so, he has to have ACL reconstructive surgery. So he probably is not coming back till 2025. At that point, that's the last year of his contract. How do you pay a guy who shredded his his knee twice? Same knee. Especially at that position. Oh, yeah, just the, dropped another touchdown. Everyone's already cutting costs out. All right. Yeah. That's our cue to, uh, to watch. Uh, Second half of this Monday night football game. Anything you got to plug before we get out of here? No, just um, excited for a little bit of an off season coming up. Uh, not that there's too much, but uh, no, going to just enjoy the kids, enjoy some football, and uh, I'll be reading all your stuff, of course. Awesome. Good to see you, my friend. We'll do it again soon, buddy. Thanks for joining Sound, me. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, man. All right. That is it for the podcast. We will be back 
next week with something. Uh, I got a couple fun gimmicks up my sleeve because there's no golf tournament, I believe. I think we got nothing next week and then Mexico the following week. Uh, So until then, best of luck with your bets this week, and we will see you next time. Cheers. If I ventured in the slipstream Between the viaducts of your dream Where my world still runs crack And the dead send the back